The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. I'm Powerful Brandon, and this is Comics Paradox. It's the podcast in which we discuss and dissect all alternate reality tales and takes like what ifs and else worlds, uh, storylines and story arcs like Age of Apocalypse or Amalgam Comics. And uh, tonight we have another fun filled episode for you. And joining me, as ever, is Mr. Justin Cooper. How's it going, Justin? It's going good. How you doing, Powerful Brandon? I'm. Uh, Powerful? powerful okay yeah it's i mean it's in the name right <laughs> <laughs> and uh tonight or today whichever time of day you may be listening to this i suppose uh we are going to be uh discussing elseworld's finest supergirl and batgirl um this is a, a fun one uh you know it's uh i figured it'd be nice to kind of get a little bit of a break from the the what ifs that we've been doing week to week. And especially since right now, uh, all things DC are being discussed, uh, all throughout the, the Twitter sphere and, and what have you. Yeah. This was definitely a fresh take on Superman and this was, uh, 1995, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me, I had, I had all kinds of stuff. Oh, you up. have to do the Leo part and, and, uh, talk about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I should probably put all that on another screen or something. <laughs> the way that the way that Leo does. Oh yeah, no, I was just looking at it right here. <laughs> it, says, it says right here on DC Fandom. Which I, I actually did have DC Fandom pulled up and I must have <laughs> must have I, moved I pulled it up too because I, I wanted to look into the creators of uh Barbara Kessel and uh Matt Haley. Because mm-hmm. I, I swore I had seen Matt Haley do that uh, Empire book with uh, Mark Wade, but I don't believe that was him actually. Ah, I see. But I he see. did do Tangent Comics number one, which was written by Dan. Oh, Jones, so I thought you'd find that interesting. I, I mean, I love Tangent Comics, and we, we will be covering that at some point uh, in the, in the future here on the show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a like you said, it's an interesting take on on the characters. Uh, I mean, to say, you know, Oh, an interesting take on Superman and Batman. Uh, I mean, not exactly. No, because, it's Supergirl. I mean, it's not Superman, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 the, obviously with Elseworlds, the, the conceit, as it says right here in the first page of it, as you open up the cover, it says in Elseworlds, heroes are taken from their usual settings and put into strange times and places some that have existed or might have existed and others that can't couldn't or shouldn't exist. And, uh, where this falls in any of those categories, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, but the, the major conceit of this is, uh, the premier superheroes as we think of them are not Superman and Batman in this world, but rather Supergirl and Batgirl. Um, which also begs, like, why wouldn't they call themselves you know, Superwoman and Batwoman? But I digress. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, we we start off, you know, just kind of 
jumping right in and find ourselves <laughs> underneath Gotham Arena with uh, some old guy in a beard with a gun and glowing green goop in it. <laughs> and uh, we see that glowing green goop get into somebody's uh, forearm. And we just see that he's wearing a, the silhouette, a very muscular man with a, you know, a, a shock of hair on top, a, a big old smile and uh, you know, a, a striped, uh, I guess almost like leotard looking thing. With yeah. Kind of like, uh, like those uh, weightlifting muscle beach shirts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, do you know where the gym is? Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, this particular character who's just injected themselves with whatever that may be, he just goes, ah, look at me, look at me. She's got to notice me now. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe. I don't know who she is, but, I mean, with that smile, man, those pearly whites, (laughs) I mean, it's all your advantage, right, guy? (laughs) And uh, then we we, uh, get the first shot of, of Batgirl in this. And I must say, like, I dig the design. I, I like the design of Batgirl in this. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because you, you can see that there's really no seams and separation and they actually explain that. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of like, okay, this this makes a little bit more sense, like the way that the costume design is, because they give us a little kind of peel behind the curtain. So uh, yeah. it, it's it's not a bad design at all. I, I yeah. don't understand the big metal sort of bracers that she has, but I mean, you know, who who knows what she has to deal with out there, so yeah, I mean, there's there might be a reason for it. Who, who knows? You know, it, it is it offensive? Is it defensive? <laughs> Whatever. She's she's Batgirl. Damn it! Uh, I dig she the pauldrons though, like the big heavy uh, ones on the uh, on like the shoulders. I think that's a cool look because it really it breaks up uh, the silhouette. It 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 looks like uh, it took a little bit of inspiration from the character of Azrael. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which which is fine. I do also appreciate that uh, this Batgirl has a closed cowl, no, you know, red hair flowing yeah. out the back or anything. It, and, it's uh, kind of thrill kill too, like thrill kill sixty six. It's got a little bit of that. A little bit of thrill killer, yeah. yeah. Um, I I do also appreciate, and I know this sounds weird, but I appreciate the chin guard as being part of yes the whole head headpiece there. Um, I just feel like that's. It's actually a much more important tactical piece than people might realize is this is a, a an individual who's likely going to get hit in the face a lot. So to have anything around that could prevent full on contact would, would be a boon. Um, but yeah, Batgirl comes across somebody who's, uh, well, apparently doing something they're not supposed to sneaking into it, Gotham. I, I had to read this a couple times to figure out what was going on. So this this whole they premise, do explain it as yeah. it, as it goes. I mean, you, you we start this like very much in media rest, where you know there's there's very little, little explanation because the exposition exposition given later uh, frames everything else that you had seen. It's like, oh, <laughs> I see. And, and all That's I can think of is thing. is this supposed to be the Black Spider? Kind of. I think this was wasn't this before the Black Spider? I don't know. But um, that, that's what I was saying, because his name's Tarantula. And I'm like, well, I know Marvel had a Tarantula who was like... Well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Tarantula is a character that's been around um, in DC for a while. But Yeah, I mean, it's 
either way, he's kind of generic, and you're like, oh, okay, he's just like, he's like a creeper guy who's trying to sneak in in bright yellow spandex. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, it's it, yeah. Uh, let's see here. John Law. Let's see, Flores. Yeah. Um, looks like. Let's see if I can bring this over here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yep, okay. That's... All right. So he looks completely different because there he kind of looks well, like. There's, like there's uh, a similarity. There's a similarity there. He looks like the yellow. Uh, Baron Zemo a little bit. Or not Baron yeah, Zemo. Was... Baron. Uh, oh, God. Who, uh, Count Vertigo. That's who I'm mm-hmm. thinking of. Sorry. But uh, I mean, you can see you can see like there's a similarity in the the tarantula shape of the mask, and then the symbol, um, and still that yellowish orange color that's being used. So nineties. So, <laughs> oh my god, I know. <laughs> but um, back out of that. All right. Uh, and you know, I mean, Batgirl just just molly wops him, and you know, she's I I I do appreciate the I don't have patience for this. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah smacks him with like electric brass knuckles and just slings him over her shoulder and she's like amateur <laughs> like, all right good for you babs i dig it and uh that's when we see her approach uh a what is it a ship of some kind or? i, I want to say this is this is like a convoy or something like a transport yeah. vehicle coming in yeah and you know, we we see her saying like, "You violated our agreement." Tarantula wasn't on the guest list. Welcome to Gotham. Remember to pack out your trash. <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows the heroes. You know, Wonder Woman. We see Abin Sir as Green Lantern. Uh, we see Hawkwoman. Um, you know, and they're just like, "Oh no, t- Tarantula is he?" And it's like, "No, he's he's fine. He's he's just he's breathing." Thanks, I guess, Batgirl. And uh, you know, Wonder Woman's just like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry." He, Tarantula was here without without my knowledge or permission. Dum dee dum dum dum. And Batgirl informs him, like, you know, you're you're here um because your presence is being tolerated and not welcomed. Yeah. Uh, imp- implying that uh through this conversation that Gotham is pretty much a city state at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh and they they have cut off a lot of contact with the outside world. They limit it. And the uh, last panel we see on this page is Captain Marvel, uh, who is a, a large, bald black man who looks reminiscent of John Henry Irons. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's tough to like pick out who he is. Like, Was this a character that was there at some point that they developed or anything? I'm like, I don't know who he is. But the 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 interesting thing about it is, you know, just on the very next page, the very first panel... Batgirl says to Captain Marvel, uh, keeping in mind for anybody listening, uh, that is Shazam, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Marvel, uh, that Batgirl says to him, I have ways of making you say the word, little boy. Remember, the eyes of Oracle are everywhere. Don't push me. And the look on his face is like, what? So clearly this Captain Marvel is, you know, got something similar to what Billy Batson had going on. This is a kid who says Shazam and turns into an adult Captain Marvel. So that that's that's pretty cool. You, you mentioned the city-state, too. So uh, what just for, for the listeners, basically it's like a wall around Gotham, and they don't allow in what they're saying are supernaturals. 
So anyone like Wonder yeah. Woman or any, you know, like I imagine the Penguin could stay, but you know, it's like you you would you would get rid of like <laughs> like anyone who's who's got actual powers. Like Solomon Grundy would be like exported from the city and all that. So no Justice League in, no villains in, anything else like that. And it's it's kind of kept as like a police state. It seems like, which is yeah. a very reoccurring theme in in especially detective comics. Yeah, nothing like a healthy dose of, dose of fascism in Gotham City. It, and it is, too, because that, in its own sense, is completely unconstitutional. So, you know, it's and, and someone brings that up later on, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we see, you know, that, that they're uh, getting ready to be let into, like, Gotham proper for whatever this whole arena thing they have set up um, by way of uh, Luthor. Lex Luthor, uh, and one of the Justice Society members set, turns to Flash and like, hey, do a quick recon. <laughs> and one woman's just like, no, there will be a barrier of some <laughs> yeah. kind. Batgirl doesn't make simple mistakes. And uh, which is exactly right. Uh, I, I must say, too, on this page, I actually really dig Wonder Woman's costume in this. It was, so it was very cool. Uh, the, the full-on pants with, like, the wings at the boots and the wing coming off the right shoulder. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's it's got some different angles to it, and it's like one side has a shoulder, the other doesn't. So is this, like, a ceremonial one, or is it, like, you know, is this her, you know, getting dressed up to talk to the public outfit, or is this, like, her crime-fighting outfit? But, uh, the, I mean, the pants are cool, man. I, I I really dig the pants, honestly. I, I, I think pants have always made a lot of sense for Wonder Woman, and I don't get the whole doing everything in a bikini. Uh, but the thing that I, I also made note of when reading it, rereading it, um, that I hadn't really caught before is the fact that Wonder Woman is an Amazon, and the way that this costume is designed is it covers one of her one of her breasts ah okay whereas the other one is is left alone and regardless of it being ceremonial or her like quote crime fighting outfit it's still indicative of the tradition of the amazon which is they would cut one of their breasts off their right breast usually in order to be able to uh pull back and use a bow and arrow easier uh and that is the side that is that is no longer covered is is the right side the it, the eagle comes across the chest diagonally and goes to the left side of the chest it's it's a it's a very cool representation of what the history and the is lore it an of eagle the Amazon or a dove it, it's got to be an eagle because of the plumage i imagine but it, yeah it's got to be an eagle yeah but that's okay you know i i, I dig it it's it's a different I'm it's a you, different man. type and uh I'm, I'm i'm all for it like i still think that this this is closer to what the character should probably be wearing on a regular basis than what we get normally. And you know, like just saying, Oh, that's the way it's always been is never a good reason to continue doing something. <laughs> um, and I, and I will say the flashes design in this is, is pretty cool. Uh, I feel I, like I mean, I don't... that's, that's been done like a couple times at this point, like what we've seen, like with the, the face mask with like the breather and all that. So I feel like yeah. we've definitely seen that costume style but not like this exact sort of one. And, yeah. and we'll see that again when it comes back to things like, uh, I, I know the murder machine from uh, uh, Metal, right? Kind of looks like this. And uh, yeah. there's like Flash 
uh, I don't know, 2099, whatever their version is, 1 million or something like that, you know, it kind of <laughs> looks like this. So there's, there's definitely some, some uh, parallels to the costumes. Yeah. And we, we get a chance to see uh, some of the other members here as they're scanning themselves in to be able to go into the Gotham arena for this event. Uh, we see Green Lantern, Abin, sir. Uh, we see uh, Dr. Midnight, who's uh clearly a young blind woman yeah yeah uh and then we still see uh hawk woman in the background there and then there's another gentleman here who i wasn't sure who he was in this particular page because they they honestly haven't said his name or anything um but it seems as though he's some kind of technopath yeah i wasn't i wasn't sure if this was supposed to be metron you know, from, from that was my god? first thought. That was my first thought was that like this guy reminds me of Metron, but Metron's a new god. Yeah, I'm like he's he's kind of a Metron guy. I I saw it. I'm like, all right, I, I could see what he's doing, and his design's really cool. But it, you you look at this page and and you're like, if you had if this was a vacuum, you would know that this was the '90s based on the art style and the colors that they use and everything else. Like you'd know. Oh yeah. Without it looks so much like the Grant Morrison run, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely got like a, a New World Order. Kind <laughs> yeah, of thing exactly. You know, like sure. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm expected to see Zariel and Aztec next. You know. Wow. <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for, and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Wow, Aztec, my god. Um, and, you know, we, we, we move on to the next page. We see that uh, this whole event is each one of the heroes partaking of some individually designed tests for their unique abilities. Uh, starting off with, you know, we have Dr. Midnight, Captain Marvel, a character named Interceptor, who I'm not terribly familiar with. I mean, the iteration in this may not even be close to what the character really is. I couldn't tell you. Uh, and then Wonder Woman. And uh, at the main stage for this, we actually come across uh, our old buddy uh, Bruce Wayne who is emceeing this event essentially and uh, he is there on behalf of the Wayne Foundation and uh, he's he's there to say thank you to everyone for attending the ceremony and uh, he proceeds to introduce uh, as he says a young woman some have called the first lady of Gotham's history for her books and lectures a beauty whose talent is outshined only by her loveliness, a woman particularly special to me, my dear friend, Barbara Gordon. And, you know, of course, she's right before she walks out on stage, she's like, come on, get over it. Get it done, Bruce. 
I have I have crime that I need to fight and justice I need to meet out. Crime doesn't take a vacation, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like showtime. Yeah. And you know, he, he he she gets out there and and he's like, Oh yeah, she'll be signing copies of her latest book this Friday and as she approaches him, they're whispering to each other and he's like, you know, it looks like everything's going as you planned. No no incidents, right? She's like, almost, but not quite. No thanks to you. I thought you were going to stay help, stay and help to prep, to prep the arena. I was, but I got distracted. Oh, that's unusual. Who was she? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> like I, I, I get a kick out of the fact that Bruce Wayne is basically her Lucius Fox in this. I was thinking he's more like her Alfred almost. He's both, I think. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of column A, There's a little bit of column B. definitely some tension going on there. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, I don't think it's tension so much as, um, like, more of a sibling thing. Especially as you get further into the story. They've known each other, like, their whole lives. And he, he I think they're friends more than anything else, truly. I don't know. Um, I, I picked up on a vibe here, and then, like, at the ending, I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll see when we maybe. get there. Maybe. Maybe I misread, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, she she ends up uh, doing the classic Bruce Wayne, turning on the thousand-watt smile and charm. and Yep. You know, she's just, thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Gotham City. Before I introduce our special guest, a reminder that all proceeds from the Binary Beast go to Wayne Foundation Charities. And now we of the foundation are very excited to host tonight's special visitors. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm Gotham welcome to the Justice Society. And that's where we see the the roster that has appeared. Uh, we have Captain Marvel, as mentioned before, Flash, Hawkwoman, Barda, otherwise known as Big Barda of the New Gods, Vectron, who is the technopath that we had seen in uh, just a couple pages back, Another character known as Revenant, not sure who that's supposed to be. Uh, Green Lantern, who uh, we can recognize as Avin Sir. He's got a cool uh, little Guy Gardner. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's got Guy Gardner sort of outfit. <laughs> which uh, it's a cool I mean, costume. <laughs> well, he, the the cool thing about that, honestly, is that like if he's wearing that jacket, I think a lot of people tend to forget that the jacket that Guy Gardner wears as a Green Lantern, that is a special jacket bestowed by the Guardians of, of the Galaxy, I mean, of the universe. That is the attire of the person that they deem the fist of the Guardians. Nice. Yeah, that's why Gar Guy Gardner is the only one who has that jacket. It's it's basically like a rank, you know. He's he's a he's a full on bruiser. Like he's a mad dog that they will send in when need be. Like even Kilowog didn't get that. Yeah, Kilowog is somewhat more of a peaceful person. Oh yeah, he's all he's he honestly is. One of the reasons why Kilowog is great is because as large and strong as he is, even without the ring, he was always more brain and strategy over brawn. And I mean that's part of what makes him such an effective teacher for everybody that comes through. Um, but continuing on, we have uh, Doctor Midnight, the the young blind woman that we I had mentioned, uh, ambush bug, which at that point in time, especially like 
deep cut. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, you pulled from, from the way back machine on that one. Uh, Wonder Woman, of course, and then someone known as Interceptor. I'm, I'm not quite sure who Interceptor is supposed to be. I, I wasn't uh, sure either, but I was like, maybe they're taking a bit from like the Milestone universe and all that. You know, I did think that, like, it might, because my first thought was like, is that supposed to be like, maybe it's Icon, but he looks more like Rocket kind of thing. I, I yeah, and I, I forget, I forget what her name was. You know, the uh, the girl, like, if if it was that Rocket, I, I don't know who the girl was. Icon sidekick. Yeah, yeah, Rocket. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, she's got the the mask and and the hair, so I was like, yeah, you know, and, and like the 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 eye, the goggle thingy too, you know. But you know, I, I can't I can't speak to some of the changes made, and, and but they look cool. I'll, I'll Everybody looks cool. Like it, and it's yeah. really neat looking at the Flash, and he's got like this sort of chrome thing. I don't I don't get the design on the big chunky gauntlets for him. Yeah, I I, I was literally just gonna say I don't get the gauntlet thing. The only thing I can think of is like if they pull like kinetic energy or something as he's running, and he uses it to like punch with more force or something. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just if, if it's like straws. if it's like super dense or something like that, and it like you know he can punch better because of it. That's great, you know. But otherwise, it's like I don't, I don't get the purpose. Well, it's the '90s. The yeah. purpose is it looks cool. Extreme justice. Just be happy he doesn't have a shitload of fucking packs all over his body. Yeah, there's there's very few pouches, pouches. which which he would actually use to keep food. So yeah. <laughs> This is my peanut butter and jelly pouch. What's that? It's my other peanut butter and jelly pouch. <laughs> All right. Sounds right, Barry. Uh, actually, that would have been Wally for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is where I keep all my M&Ms. It's my Bibble Burger. Keep... This, is, this is where I keep half of my M&Ms. Where do you keep the other half? Oh, in the other pouch right behind me. <laughs> oh, that, that tracks. Um, and you know, Wonder Woman is up on stage here with these these fellas and gals, and she's saying, oh, you know, it's nice that we've been given Batgirl's permission to be here. Uh, we we were chosen to represent the Justice Society, and uh, it's it's nice to see that times are are changing, and we're we're starting to trust one another more and branch out and all that happy crap that you know heroes are supposed to say in the middle of you know a dystopian city state. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and. and uh, she she mentions you know and for uh, all of for those of you disappointed at not seeing our most famous member you'll notice i said we were 12 although only 11 stand before you ladies and gentlemen here to present metropolis's greatest treasure to you is the woman i proudly called daughter supergirl and uh, you know as all eyes turn heavenward as as the reigning princess of metropolis carries its uncrowned king and uh, I, I get a kick out of the, the splash that they did because it is reminiscent of Action Comics number one. Yeah, where he's lifting the car. Su yep, Superman's lifting the car, the green car over his head and smashing it into a rock right in front of him. Uh, and I, once again, I really like the costume that they, that they went with here. It, it's uh, interesting, too, because essentially what you're looking at, like art-wise, is a nude in a cape. Right with with like just a little bit of of like the the color and all that like they're insinuating fabric here and there because like with Batgirl there's no seams like the only seams yeah. that you see is like okay look at the boots or 
you know, you, you can clearly tell that it stops on the palm, like the, the back of the palm of her hands and all that. But uh, yeah. otherwise it's like, it is pretty well like one full unit. Yeah. And it's also, also um, I, I found interesting to note that aside from the, the high neck on this costume, the fact that it comes up to like the midpoint of her neck, uh, if it came down to like just at the clavicle, this is almost exactly the suit that they ended up using for Man of Steel. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You know, aside from like the 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 glyph flourishes in the S symbol and some of the swirls on the blue blue field of the suit, this is the same costume that was used for Man of Steel starring Henry Cavill. See, I, I read this as like latex soft cloth or something like that instead of something that would be like hard like whatever he had with like the piping and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's, that's fair. Wise, I, I absolutely agree with you. And and I love the way that the cape hangs around the shoulders, like leaving yeah. like this little sort of divot where that her head's in. I I think that's such a smart design. Yeah, I mean it's the same it's honestly the same design that they gave the eradicator during yeah you know what you nailed it because i I was saying earlier i freaking love the eradicator he had such a cool look to him yeah i mean i i actually really liked how the shield the cape was attached to the edges of the shield the corners of the shield and it came over his head and just like affixed itself to the bodysuit yeah because it it makes sense logically yeah (laughs) It, it really does um and also the fact that the S and the Cape were full blown like Kryptonian material, so like they wouldn't get destroyed. Whereas like the rest of it, who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, the the S and the Cape endured. Um, but yeah, she is she is touching down with that car over her head, and inside of the car contains Lex Luthor, the the head of LexCorp, and you know Metropolis's Golden Boy, who. Uh, you know, is always seen hanging out with, uh, you know, Supergirl. Because they're the two most powerful people that anyone's ever seen, right? <laughs> yep. Beauty that's, and the beast. However, if anyone <laughs> else calls you a beast, I'll punch them. <laughs> I'll snap their necks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and, you know, uh, Lex is is just, you know, going to meet with Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne because they're two of the highest mucky mucks in Gotham. And uh, he's just, you know, saying he's there to announce construction of a new factory to be built in Gotham, employing 2,500 Gothamites with LexCorp's usual generous wages and benefits packages. And the project is going to be an antidote for the cycle of poisons and pollutants that have always plagued manufacturing uh, and uh, creating a non-polluting energy source, the Lexel solar battery. And uh, it's just, it's going to convert, basically through recycling, it's going to convert old plastic, scrap metal, and toxic waste into clean energy. Uh, Lofty goals, for sure. Oh, of course, Uh, yeah. But it's Lex Luthor, so there's clearly something far more nefarious afoot. He's he's found a, uh, let's see, a solution to the microplastics uh, phenomenon. Yes, finally, we can use body scrub again. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he's... He's uh, he's saying that it's all made possible by a simple bioelectrical discovery, and uh, he can't give them all the details because it's all confidential. And you know it's all being covered. And as this is going on, 
we have uh we see that somebody is covering the cameras through the area with uh smiley face balls saying peekaboo you don't see through <laughs> and you know lex is still giving his his speech where he call it he he you know rather humbly says that they call him the man of tomorrow because he lives with one foot in the future it sounds like he also lives with his head up his ass yep but uh you know that's lex luther and ambush bug somehow gets wind of something happening meanwhile the limo driver of the car that lex was in he finds himself uh getting gassed inside of the car as he's waiting and uh ambush bug himself gets zapped by a, a fun pink laser of some kind this makes zero sense by the way so i, yeah, I I'm, I, I'm just saying like the the premise what? of how he got there what what's happening and then what happens directly afterwards i'm like okay this probably yeah, could have been sure. more fleshed out those are things and uh you know lex is still meanwhile on stage like you know and thank you to batgirl for making all of this possible you know and uh that's when we we cut back to stage and we see that Lex is leaving. He's saying, thanks, everyone. Good night. And Bruce and Barbara are whispering to each other, I heard the alarm. It's taken care of. And then Supergirl whispering to Wonder Woman, when do we leave? As soon as the limo pulls away. And uh, that's when we find out uh, exactly what happened to the limo driver. Uh, Lex is now inside of the car. And that's when the partition is separated and finds himself face-to-face with a roided out Joker mm-hmm. and Emile Hamilton from Star Labs in the Superman comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the guy who is like Superman's scientist buddy who helps him figure out all manner of things all the time. He's usually he's a pretty benevolent uh, character. I so. remembered him from the animated series and how uh, you know he was like such a. Uh, a help to Superman in Superman the Animated Series. Then you get into uh, Justice League, and it like their dynamic completely changes with Cadmus. So I knew exactly who this was. Yeah, um, Emil is like actually one of my my favorite characters, and I was actually I was very disappointed. You know, we've we've gotten a couple of um, we've gotten a couple of live action renditions of him at this point. The first one uh, was in Smallville, as played by oh my god, I can't remember the guy's name. He was he was one of the people in Battlestar Galactica, though the the reboot that they did on Sci-Fi a few years back. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, but then um, I want to say it's like Alessandro or something. But regardless, uh, he was played by Richard Schiff in Man of Steel. Oh, okay, and he is one of the characters that like gets killed during the whole like ships getting sucked into the gravity well thing, which is like, that kind of sucked because what a waste of a great recurring character, you know, help Superman figure out more of his own origins and what have you. But, uh, as it is here, uh, Emil seems to be working with the Joker and, uh, you know, Joker is, uh, he's trying to do his best to, <laughs> he's, what is it? Uh, he's trying to land, as he says, the girl of his dreams, <laughs> but 
Batgirl likes me, you know. She just hasn't admitted it to herself. She must be helped. <laughs> wonderfully spoken, you narcissistic psychopath. He is, he is literally toxic masculinity personified. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's funny only because of like the goofy proportions to which he he is he is drawn. Oh yeah, but, but it's an absolute caricature. So yeah, I I agree. But this is like absolutely like the most dangerous toxic traits of like way too many dudes out there. Way too many. And if uh, you disagree, you're probably wrong. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we we see that at this point. Um, I, I do think there's more relatable characters of the Joker. Like maybe if you read like White Knight or something like that, or uh, even the Killing Joke, you could kind of see like some sympathy for him. Here, not so oh. much. <laughs> no, not a, not at all. I mean, this is this is just this is taking his obsession with Batman and giving it uh, a romantic sort of implication. Uh, you shouldn't say romantic. And even like sexual bent, you know, I still don't think it's quite, it's only romantic because she's a woman. If, if it were Batman, it would be exactly what it is you see in Batman comics. You, you know what I mean? Well, but he's definitely he, obsessed with like her, her body and her, um, her look, you know, for, for sure. So, yeah. And that, and that's just because of the fact, I think that she is a woman. Mm -hmm. So therefore he relates it to those feelings elicited by attraction. Whereas like with Batman in the regular continuity, it's, it's a fascination turned obsession because of who they like, how they kind of serve a dichotomy essentially. Um, Joker sees himself as the other side of the coin that Batman, you know, always his heads on, you know, but, uh, that's when we see the justice league justice society, excuse me, uh, turn to big barda and say like hey can you actually open a, a boom tube again now and she's like yeah mother box is back online and i'd really love to know exactly how batgirl managed to block new gods technology and she opens up a boom tube and they leave and uh of course giving my favorite onomatopoeia for whenever you know a boom tube is on the page boom <laughs> <laughs> And uh, as soon as they walk through, Barbara just like gone. Finally, holding this in all day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of cool. We we see that with her oracle system, you know, she's really making the best of the ideas of both Batman and Batgirl. Uh, and she, that's part of what has enabled her to set up this like city state of Gotham. Uh, she's done it with the assistance of Bruce. They clearly have a cave set up here underneath um, the Civic Center, they say. And uh, she's got this kind of cool bat pod thing. Yep. It's, it's like a bat pod, batmobile sort of amalgamation combination thing. And I, I would very much like to see that play out in some kind of cartoon or live action like that's a that's a different means of transportation for sure um but yeah like she's she's got all the the regular hacker accoutrement you associate with oracle and barbara gordon 
and she's uh ready to you know sh- you know shuffle off the barbara gordon persona for the evening and get back to her real work as Batgirl. and um you know we we see that uh, you know we have some some of the folks from justice society hq uh you know, shooting the shit, and uh, one of them, sort of their uh, IT tech boy, is Tim Drake. Yep. And uh, one of the one of the people I can't remember which character this is, but she's she's talking to Tim, and she's like, "You didn't see any of the show? It, it was a great time, Timmers." <laughs> He's just like, "Right, like I need to go back to Gotham ever. I like my freedom." <laughs> it's like. I, I'm, I'd love to know the backstory on that. I mean, what the hell happened with Tim Drake and Gotham? <laughs> we'll never get the prequel. Don't worry. No, guys. yeah, it's not going to happen. So, And uh, that's when you know they, they get word that uh, Lex Luthor's been kidnapped. And J- uh, Drake gives a, a, you know, all channels bulletin to everybody in the JSA saying, you know, you, you got to you gotta be out there and taking care of it and I'll let you know anything else that pops up. He lets Wonder Woman know and uh, they're figuring out what they're going to do as the JSA. And meanwhile, Barbara is pulling off her evening gown and she's like, all right, I'll find Luther and bring in the Joker again. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce is like, but I had plans to which Barbara replies. She'll wait. <laughs> great but here's the here's the thing we were talking about you were meant you would mention with the suit i thought was really cool is uh this suit that she wears is nanotechnology yeah yep you know so it it has no seams it covers her all together and uh likely serves as a a more for you know more of a form of armor than how it appeared to be just like skin tight uniform or whatever at the beginning of this story uh, and then the fact that she has an uplink directly uh, as like into her cowl. Yep. That's, you know, that's a wonderful addition to, uh, to the character altogether. And funny to think that this was done in the early to mid nineties. And it's before we started seeing like Iron Man do this same exact thing later in the comics. Yep. Yeah, pre-Iron Man, pre-Spider-Man. I mean, the only thing that you really had like this at that point would be Venom. Yeah, and that's, I mean, a world of difference. Alien symbiote suit versus, you know, nanotechnology. I'm sure not this isn't say, the first, you know. it's. I was going to say, yeah. not to say this is the first instance of that occurring in any way, shape, or form across all mediums. Just making note, like, this is before certain characters that we know now utilize that same type of tech did such a thing yeah you know iron man was still very much like a a suit of armor that was built that he had to put on and take off uh so on and so forth you know it's interesting to know um and you know then we just we have her going along in that cool bat pod thingy like it's it's like a fucking pod racer with one yeah it's got the one wheel on the bottom it's pretty crazy yeah, I'm interested how it bounces. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> not not well, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, not not very well. I mean, the, the problem is if if she leans slightly to one side or the other, she could fall <laughs> over. <laughs> she she can't she can't drive it on a full stomach. 
Yeah, if if it had like a ball on the bottom or something, it'd probably be better. But yeah, right. And uh, that's when we see the JSA next, uh, all convened. Oh, firestorm, cool. And uh, that's when you know they're just like, "Hey, Supergirl, what's happening?" And she's like, uh, "I don't know what's what's going on with the alert." And he goes, "Oh, you don't know? Lex Luthor's been kidnapped in Gotham." And we can't go save him, you know, yeah. because the whole Gotham is a fucking walled off city state. To which Supergirl's reaction is, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. That's our last panel on the page. And, uh, you know, she, she gets the lowdown from Wonder Woman. You're like, yeah, he's been kidnapped. And, you know, it's in Gotham. You know, it's off limits to us. And part of the agreement is that we stay out of there and Batgirl takes care of any of the danger on her side of the wall. And, you know, Supergirl very reasonably and in so many words says, fuck that shit. Yeah, like literally. (laughs) And she, I mean, her exact words were the hell with that. I'm going to save him. But yeah, fuck that shit. Fuck all that noise. Silent Bob. (laughs) It did uh, seem very Kevin Smith like (laughs) I admit it. And uh, she she starts uh, flying speedily towards Gotham City. Uh, meanwhile, we see Barbara and Bruce uh, conversing in, you know, she's just like, uh, you know, Supergirl's just on her way in now. And I told these jerk offs I was going to take care of it. And now she's just going to fuck everything up. I had it under control until until I just saw that shit. And Bruce is just like, you know, I did. I did try to tell you that letting Luther in was a mistake. You give him an inch. <laughs> and she's like, it was time. Okay. I guess she was ready to extend some kind of olive branch to the outside world. Uh, we don't really get more on that. Honestly. No, we do not. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we have uh, Emil, the Joker and Luther all together in a, some kind of condemned warehouse. And, uh, they take the mask that they placed over Luther's face to like, you know, keep him from seeing where they are or what have you. And Emil is, is recording, you know, the conversation that they're having with Luther and, you know, the Joker is basically telling him like, you know, uh, the Joker is like, Oh yeah, no, Emil's my partner now instead of yours. He gets his revenge on you. And I get the love of my life to know it's my bodacious bod. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's it's like it's so so weird and uh you know to which lex tries to empathize with him <laughs> he's just like ah you love a goddess i know the feeling but you know there's a better way listen <laughs> and of course we don't we don't get the better way we don't get that part of the the plan and uh Supergirl has now made her way into Gotham City, and all of a sudden she gets zapped by a green laser. And uh, you know, Supergirl's like, "What the hell? How did that hurt?" <laughs> and and you know, Batgirl's just like, "This is uh, like nuclear sunscreen. It'll it'll cut the solar radiation like right out of your cells." So I I wouldn't I wouldn't continue flying towards where you're going. <laughs> and uh, you know, Supergirl's like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> like. It's my friend Lex. Let me go save him. And 
To which Batgirl is like, yeah, well, you know, if some butts were candies and nuts, we'd yeah. all have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> she, she is like that. <laughs> yeah, you know the rules. No paranormals in Gotham. Now put an egg in your shoe and beat it, kid. And, uh, you know, Supergirl's, you're sick. This is Lex Luthor. Or are people who live in Gotham the only ones worth protecting? <laughs> to which I feel Batgirl would be like, yes. <laughs> this is the city I care about protecting that I feel like I've made that very clear abundantly so <laughs> and you know it's it's just uh they stop for a beat and Batgirl says you know i have it under control i don't need your interference and you know supergirl's just like oh so lex is free <laughs> and Batgirl, this i said i had it comic book reasoning this never happens she yeah. totally calls her out in her bullshit yeah, and she's like, and I asked where Lex Luthor is. You haven't rescued him yet, have you? I could help. With my powers, we'll have him free and back to Metropolis and out of your way. Please let me help. He means the world to me. <laughs> to which Batgirl's like, you think he's some kind of saint, don't you? They've got him out at the old carnival. Let's go. To which we see Lex Luthor and the Joker shaking hands. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Luthor saying, like, I give you more of the mineral that powers the magic elixir that wins you Batgirl's heart, and you agree to work for me. <laughs> and Joker's like, you got yourself a lackey, Lex. And then Emil's just like, great, this dude falls into a pile of shit and still comes up smelling like roses. I can't wrap my head around it. That's that word and, you like to use right there, crestfallen. That's that, oh, that's that look. <laughs> yeah, he's so disheartened, dude. It's rough. And... You know, Lex even says to him, like, you know, let's go seal the deal with a special cocktail at my place. And Emil's like, what about my tape? If I transmit this and Joker goes to work for you, it'll be proof you collude with known criminals. Lex, smooth as silk, just not at all, Emil. It'll be proof of my ability to persuade a criminal to turn from his ways and my willingness to get a win-win equation out of any situation. <laughs> Meal just immediately curse you, Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, hold on, I'm gonna fold droopy for that. Curse you, Lex Luthor. <laughs> he's so, he's so. I'm so sad. It's I, I. That dude needs a hug. Yeah, he, <laughs> he definitely he, does. <laughs> if you can see his face in this panel, it's like ah, oh, Doctor Hamilton. You poor son of a bitch. Come, come to daddy. Give hug. It's okay. <laughs> and uh. The Joker, uh, always the five-year-old slash golden, golden lab that he is, <laughs> just excited as ever to do anything. Let's go! I've always wanted to see Metropolis! We get to take a car ride? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! Let's go! And uh, Supergirl wearing a headset communicating with, uh, with Batgirl, and you know, I'll just, uh, she's kind of reminiscing over her her friendship with, with Lex over the years, how Lex is the one that planned out the Justice Society and created the headquarters, donated the land, and how he's he's spent so much time and money and effort rebuilding Metropolis and making it this like almost sustainable uh, economy uh, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, just saying like he's not a saint, he's just a really, really good man. And uh, to which <laughs> Batgirl's uh, erudite responses, <clears throat> and I quote, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just 
Wonderful. That is that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Now hold on. We've got a pirate TV broadcast broadcast coming in. <laughs> like just completely like I don't care about Lex Luthor. Good for you, Babs. Good for you. <laughs> and uh the the broadcast coming in is the Joker and Lex Luthor, and it's uh joking. You know, Live from Gotham Carnival, millionaire philanthropist Lex Luthor is about to die. Unless Batgirl shows up and forces me to change my evil mind. Are you listening, my Dark Knight, darling? I'm being bad. Make me pay. <laughs> Fucking freak. <laughs> like, he's, he is, he is a, a, a fucking instrumental song away, in, a, an instrumental song in a mirror away from being a scene out of The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It is. Or she's like is, a big fat, fat, fat person. <laughs> Like a big, would you like a big fat person? <laughs> God, um, and you know they're they're going through like, oh hey, there's a bomb. Supergirl grabs it. Like, oh, I thought I thought it would be okay if it just exploded into my chest because you know time is of the essence, right? So let's just keep moving. Uh, and Batgirl doesn't like that because she likes to look like she can solve puzzles. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a a pride and sort of like, hey, this is my beat. You know, and it's like I mean, just take we've the seen help. <laughs> we've seen the same thing between Superman and Batman. Of course, yeah. <sighs> Fine, you know that kind of deal. Uh, <clears throat> and and that's you know as they're moving along, and, and Batgirl says to her like, you know, I don't want to see him dead, so please don't make that assumption. I, I'm just trying to save his life and get him the hell out of my city. That's that's the main thing here, and also put the Joker away. And uh you know, she makes another little comment like, oh, you know, will you know, my secrets will be the key to saving your boyfriend. And that's when, you know, Supergirl tells her like, no, hey, don't do that. Like, we are, we're friends. He was there for me the day I touched down. And, you know, I was the only person who escaped the destruction of, of you know, my planet. And because I knew I was coming to Earth, I had... I had, you know, studied Earth history, and so as soon as the the rocket opened, I recognized the heroes that that showed up, and they they all became so close. At first, they were friends, and then they were like my family. And I even had people I could reminisce about Krypton with in Hawkwoman and Abin Sur. Uh, but then I met Lex, and he also had lost his family when he was very young and he knew exactly the pain I was going through and we've been friends and he's been my mentor ever since. And because of that, they all mean the world to me, Lex and my family and <laughs> to which Batgirl broken as a human being as she is. I'm quite sure Yep. <laughs> her reaction is spare me. The Justice Society is not a family. It's the gods of Olympus looking down on the little people below. You have no clue what real life is, said the millionaire book writer who's in a bat costume fighting crime. I'm uh, whatever. <laughs> Bikini model astrophysicist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right? Like... My God. Like, oh, photographic memory genius IQ. Who designed that, uh, that nanotech? I'm sure it was you, Barbara. And, you know, they they make their way through. They find a, a LexCorp authorized space that it seems he may be in. And uh, she tracked it all through her Oracle system that's that permeates the entire city. And when they approach, like, 
the main door past the coded one, uh, it's lead lined and Kara just Supergirl that is just grabs the door and rips it off. And as soon as she rips it off, you can see on either side, these glowing green partitions of the door. And it's clearly kryptonite because she immediately is like, Oh, I feel, I feel sick. This is, uh, this is gross. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Batgirl's like, Oh, here, just, just hide out behind my, my lead line cape for, for a second. You dipshit. <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, no, the lead cape helps. Thank you. And they get into the next chamber, and Kara is, is just, she's uh, incredulous. She's like, these these encryptions are are, are Kryptonese. And uh, <laughs> Batgirl just, I know, I've only got it partially translated. <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I mean, Barbara. <laughs> like, I... I've only known about this for 12 seconds, but that's enough prep time. All right. If you say so. I mean, that's, that's kind of classic Barbara right there. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll give her that. The tech that she has would be advanced. I'm sure they're not missing a beat. Like when it comes to like, they're mixing the, the late nineties, Bruce Wayne mannerisms with like classic Barbara Gordon tropes, which I I'm digging. Uh, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's well, kind of yeah. cool. Like the Batgirl and Oracle tropes mixed with, with Bruce Wayne, because like back Barbara as Batgirl and Barbara as Oracle were obviously the same person, but two different characters through and through. And that's a that's a good thing because they actually like allowed her to, I think, be of more substance and consequence as Oracle than she ever was as Batgirl. Yep. That's not to say it's I, how I ever she, had a, she got her relevance, you know. Yeah, I think I think that was a really cool role for her to fulfill. Like she was just like so smart and badass that like she she just had everything at her fingertips. It was it was it was awesome and a vital role to be filled in quote team Batman or whatever you want to say. Um Tim Drake kind of stepped in and started playing that role a little bit more as as time went by in the Batman comics, but he he will actually play this exact role. Like as we go forward into uh, maybe like uh, 2018, 2019 with Rebirth, you know, it's like he uh, literally plays this exact role. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, that's I mean, that's the whole thing with like the Belfry. And exactly. Yep. Like, that was like I, I it's one of the few Batman stories like I read every friggin' issue of. Like I got every issue that came out, and then they reset it back to what it was before, and I was like, well, I'm out. Never mind. If you guys aren't going to keep moving it forward, and I'm I'm done. I mean, and it's not just Batman. I do that with every comic. Like, oh, you're just resetting it back to the stuff before you did all this awesome stuff in the story. All right, I'll check back again. In Most like of the time, that happens when they change the creative team. You know, usually, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's why there's certain things that I just wish would be a thing, and that sadly has not come to fruition. But that's neither here nor there. I'll get to that in a later episode. Um, but as they're, they're looking at this Kryptonese stuff in this room, uh, Kara's looking at a screen and she's like, Ooh, it's a directory of samples, directions for engineering a solar battery based on biological cell samples. It refers to a non-viable source. A, this is neat. This source A must've come from my world. I want to see what it is. Solar battery. It must be some sort of plant life. Or maybe, and that's when the canister of Source A comes out from the wall. And it's a tiny fetus glowing in green liquid. And at the bottom, we see a single panel with the label that's attached to the canister. And it says, 
Kal-El. And that's when we see that somebody else is in the room, and they speak up. Made a new friend, have you, Kara? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, not in the room, on a screen. Mm-hmm. Luther watching the whole thing, learning how to skulk around in the dark alleys and back rooms. She'll ruin your reputation. <laughs> oh, Lex, you're such a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very John Cryer, Lex, of him. <laughs> <laughs> right? And fuck this Superman in particular. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, you know, he, he, she's just like, how could you? I trusted you. And he said, like a father, I know. I worked on that. I had to make sure we bonded. You might have been dangerous otherwise, uncontrollable, like the male might have been, if he had been allowed to mature. <laughs> Cold as ice, Lex. Oh, Cold yeah. as ice. Not in, like, the uncaring sort of uh, countenance that he has. Just like, yeah, oh. just Indifference. He is just laying his cards out there. That's science business, baby. That's super science. That's how we roll. And, uh... You know, she's like, so what are you going to do? Kill me? Like, oh, no, I'd never do that. He will. And just like points his thumb over at the roided out Joker behind him. Where he's he's injecting himself with more kryptonite laced. I don't know. I think it's venom. They, they venom? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is glowing green on top of it. Yeah. And uh, she just starts bursting through walls and I mean, uh, the ceiling and going to the top of the building. She's like. I'm going to kill you, Lex Luthor. And Batgirl's just like, no, I don't want him dead. No, wait, come back. <laughs> I tried. Fuck it. <laughs> That's all the effort I'm putting in. Oh, no, it's that one guy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't shoot him. You'll just make him mad. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, Lex, meanwhile, is like, she's on her way, Joker, so I expect you to repay. Joker? Joker! This isn't funny, <laughs> which I, I think it's great. And uh, that's when Joker finds Batgirl trying to make her way up the building to uh, where Lex and Joker are. And he's got a rose in between his teeth trying to woo her. And uh, oh, yeah, it is Venom. She says right here uh, with the Venom, pul- with the Venom pulsing through my veins. I'm the acme of Invincible. And she says, "Ooh, say, does this Venom make you stronger? Smarter? Faster? Yes! 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 Good. Then you'll survive this. And then she drops his ass all the way down the elevator shaft. In <laughs> uh, finishing with the incredibly quippy, let's make this a long courtship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, Supergirl, meanwhile, is, is you know getting ready to go all Superman and justice on Lex Luthor's ass. Well, chest, I suppose. And uh, he's like, she's like, you're a murderer. And he's like, eh, not technically. Fortunately, our current laws don't protect Xenos. I didn't murder anyone. I eliminated a potential, a potential alien threat. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Don't say that to the Yeah, alien. this is like, this is the one place where it's like being that insensitive is probably a bold move. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, eesh. and uh you know, she, you know, that's when Batgirl comes in. She's like, don't stoop to his level, Kara. And we see that Batgirl reaches behind her and clicks 
the record button on Emil Hamilton's video camera. That she he she had. literally never told her her name, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. But that's. But, I mean, is she? Isn't she known as Kara though? I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Whatever. Um, and you know. She's just, you know, she hit, like I said, Batgirl hits record on Emile Hamilton's uh, camera there. And that's when she's, she's trying to talk Supergirl out of it, saying, you stand for what's just. Don't make him, don't let him make you lose that. To which Supergirl replies, shut up and smack Super, uh, Batgirl clear across the room. Yep. And uh, we see that. Uh, she's getting ready to take out Lex, and that's when the Joker approaches Supergirl, and she uh, she goes to like you know put the put the the hands on him, and she's just like, "What? All of a sudden, I feel sick. What's that feeling? It's coming from you." And she's like, "What are you?" And he's like, "I'm the Joker, and you're the corpse to be." <laughs> and it's because of the Kryptonite. That is now part of the enhanced Venom formula that Lex Luthor gave the Joker. And uh, he explains, like, Kryptonite can kill you, Supergirl. I know. I Oh, I'm sorry. This is Emil Hamilton. He's like, Kryptonite can kill you, Supergirl. I know. I watched him use the green rock to kill the child in the other rocket. To my shame, I helped him do it. And, uh, you know, that's when Lex like, oh, don't be so modest. You reverse engineered the rocket and all the biological samples. You helped me make millions. It's just your squeamishness that cost you your share. Like, you you world-class piece of shit, Lex. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, holy shit. And uh, we see that Supergirl is still kind of being, like, danced around. Like, literally danced around the room by the Joker. And she is just, like, tripping balls. It the the background on the panel straight up looks like an interstitial cut from one scene to another on that '70s show. Like yeah, it's, it's it's so psychedelic. Yeah, it would not be out of place in an Austin Powers movie or just really any amount of things from the '60s itself. Yeah, I just think it like a, a Steranko uh, sort of <laughs> cover, of yeah, like a little bit, yeah. Agent of Shield or Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, very. Very Steranko, Dicko kind of crazy shit happening, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, while she's, you know, going uh, into delirium because of kryptonite, Lex is still chattering on about the kryptonite poisoning and saying, like, oh, you know, do you feel the approach of death, Kara? Like, the radiation overstressing and degrading your invulnerable cells? I've studied it. I can show you a computer model if you'd like. Or do you want it to be a surprise? <laughs> Clinical detachment. And uh, that's when Batgirl's like, no, no, no. Surprises are my specialty. And uh, Joker is just like, oh, you're back from the dead. I'm so happy. This girl's just a victim. Don't even worry about her. <laughs> like, you fucking wacko. And uh, that's when Supergirl rallies, knocks the Joker out. And, uh, you know, Batgirl's just like, no, don't kill him. I, I need him alive. And that's when we get Batgirl's origin, finally. Yep. Because we need it for sure. Uh, in, in this one, we definitely do. Yeah she she goes to she goes to see a movie with her mother and father, and uh, after the movie, 
the Wayne family was threatened by Joe Chill, and her father, a cop, was sworn to protect, and he took his duty very seriously. Her mother tried to stop him, but then they both fell down. And, you know, her whole world died, and a new creature of the night was born. And, uh, you know, orphaned, she was taken in by the Wayne family, and then she began preparing. She found the cave and the bats within, and started to develop the electronic architecture for Oracle, making crime pay for its own persecution by discovering, being discovered by Bruce, who added his own talents and Wayne money to the cause. And all of that created Batgirl. And it's interesting to note that their like, year one version of her as Batgirl in this panel is what we think of as the traditional Batgirl outfit. Yep, the original costume with the yellow boots and the blue cowl and the yellow bat sigil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even the friggin' bat satchel, the bat purse or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, yep. The you know, crossbody bag. I don't know what the hell you call that thing. But, uh, yeah, like, it's very, very much like, oh, okay, that lines up with, like, a year one approach. And, of course, as time goes by, more and more improvements, just like the way Batman's always done. And uh, they ended up closing Gotham and the paranormals were banished. Uh, no paranormal crime, no paranormal crime. And Oracle, her system reinforced the threat. Uh, the justice society went to war over the segregation and they lost. Uh, Joe chill was captured and bargained for leniency with names like Luther's. And it turns out the man who paid to have the Waynes killed and killed the Gordons instead was Lex Luthor himself. And that's why it's important that they don't want Luthor to set up territory in Gotham because she needs to be able to take him down because he is ultimately responsible for Commissioner Gordon and his wife's deaths. And uh, she's trying to explain to Kara that he needs to pay and suffer, more, more to the point, suffer for his crimes. And that Supergirl has to be better because she is, she needs to be better than vengeance because she represents hope. And if he changes that, if, if she lets him change that, then he really has destroyed the last scion of Krypton. Yep. Which I think is a pretty effective way to get through to her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would not be out of place in a Superman Batman comic book, you know, easily switch from one to the other, you know? And, and that's, I mean, that's really the point of, of this altogether is to see how the replacement fits in. I mean, there, I will say there's a good amount of this uh, insofar as the fact that the two main characters are female that would absolutely not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree because she kind of looks like that uh, sexy lamp right there. Well, it's not just that. I mean, their conversations are like about other men. You know what I mean? Like that's that's all there is to it it's like the, you guys exist for more than just that but regardless um th this all happens and Kara's just like fine i, I should Good probably job. explain the the reason i was mentioning that is that what what Brandon meant is that it's it's a test designed to uh test the validity of female characters in your story to see if they yeah, could sorry. be replaced by a a sexy lamp so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that's ridiculous. how I heard it at least. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair assessment. Um, 
but yeah, uh, we we get to the point now where you know Kara's just resigned herself. Like, okay, fine, you won, Lex. Thanks for nothing. And uh, you know, no one's ever gonna believe this. And that's when Batgirl's like, "Yes, they will." <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret, huh? <laughs> and, Cal gone. Yeah. <laughs> Cal is gone. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, whoop. Too soon. Okay. And uh, you know. She says to uh, Kara says to Batgirl, you know, you don't understand the power of his reputation to which Batgirl replies. Oh, I know the power of the media. We're broadcasting live. <laughs> That's what the record, the hitting the record button on the camera was doing. And uh, Emil, Emil Hamilton is just like, yes, thank you. I've worked so hard and thrown everything away. I've committed such terrible crimes. Take me away. I'll gladly accept my punishment knowing that this prick, and his true nature has been exposed. <laughs> and uh, I can't say I blame him. And, you know, Kara notices, like, oh, he, he doesn't even care. And, you know, Becker's like, he will. No, he's, he's off to release his, uh, his, his new string of NFTs at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, she just, she says, Carrie, you'll survive this. He just, he's knocked you off your cloud. That's all. And, you know, she says, thank you, Batgirl. And of course, turn, she's like, Batgirl? Because of course, she's already disappeared. And, uh, you know, later they, they have the society outside of LexCorp, uh, and they're, you know, with Batgirl's cooperation, where, uh, Mr. Luther would be allowed to be remain free while the case is being investigated. The kidnappers are being extradited to Gotham to face murder charges and the death of Mr. Limo's Mr. Luther's limo driver. Uh, we're sure they'll be treated, treated fairly there to which it shows the Joker being kept in a, a cell that just completely has him clamped down because he's so like strong and muscular. And they just have screens of a picture of Batgirl seemingly that just looks like she's looking at him. And he's just like, oh, yes, she's watching me. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's something else. All right. And uh, Emile Hamilton locked up just saying, I get one phone call. I have no one to call. <laughs> I was like, oh, that dude really needs a hug. Yeah. And, you know, that's... uh. That's when everyone's, you know, saying like, oh, hey, Lex, so how much of that pirate broadcast is true? Why'd you kill the babies? Was there a second Kryptonian? Does this mean there's no super marriage in the future? Did the Justice Society know? Mr. Luther, and he just walks away and he's just like, no comment. He's no longer the media's golden boy. And, uh, you know, they're like, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, have you seen where Supergirl is? Why haven't we seen her lately? And she's just like, Kara had some private business to attend to. Uh, in which we see in Kansas, uh, Kara is setting up uh, a little bit of a monument. And she says, this is where my rocket landed. I think you would have liked it here. And she uses her heat vision to light an eternal flame. And it's uh, a little monument that says, here lies Kal-El, the last son of Krypton. And uh, we come back to Gotham and see that uh, Barbara is coming out of her little bat pod thing there. And, uh, you know, Bruce is standing there holding a robe for her to step into. And uh, he says, you know, well done. Two for the hot tub? <laughs> and she says, just two? Where's your friend? Oh, she canceled on me. She got caught up in this surprise live broadcast. 
Two cranky girls take down a pillar of society live. Everybody's talking about it. Sorry you missed it. (laughs) And uh, she says, I'll wait for the book. I'm sure it'll have all the details. And speaking of, one last. Let me guess, a certain kryptonite ring, which she took off of Lex Luthor when uh, they were getting ready to tussle with Joker and Lex. And uh, she's putting it in in a safe, you know, a safe, a vault, to uh, safeguard against anybody else because she, just like Batman, is using it as insurance that she hopes she never needs to use. And now uh, we we close out on uh, the End Papers bookstore in Gotham in which Barbara Gordon is uh, signing her book about the Two-Face murders called Binary Beast. And uh, as everyone's waiting for their... their uh, their autographs, her autograph for their their newly purchased books. Uh, Kara walks in, and you know she's just like, "Hey, what's up?" So like, new friends are cool. <laughs> yeah. And Barbara's like, "Friends? That's like the subject of my next book about Supergirl and Batgirl. Just wait, you'll think you were there." Tee hee hee. And. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and everybody just freezes mid jump. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean that's uh that's Elseworlds finest Supergirl and Batgirl. Uh, I I thought it was I thought it was very interesting to uh, go in and replace uh like I said the the premier characters of Superman and Batman and say like sort of the same thing that we deal with in um Alan Davis's uh, JLA the Nail. Like, what do you do when there is no Superman? How does that affect the rest of of the DC universe? And uh, in in this instance, we see both Superman and Batman not really being a presence, but somehow that vacuum is still filled. Um, I I I enjoy the idea set forth in these like one shot prestige formats where it's you know given a little bit more length to to play around in uh, that really plays with, with the, that idea of like replacement and, and uh, supplication. Like, yeah, you don't have a, you don't have a super, you know, once again, like comparing this to the nail, you don't have a Superman for your justice league. So by default, your, your powerhouse is geo force. <laughs> yeah. You know, the man of iron. You know what the, um, the problem is with something like this is they should be showing the differences in the characters, right? Where like Barbara is not Bruce. And because of that, Barbara's very tech savvy and, you know, she's got things like this. They did a really good job of showing how Barbara was different than Bruce and the things that she does differently. The way that she prepares, the way that she's got the city set up, everything else like that. I, I would think that she would be a bit more empathetic than he is, but we didn't really get to that part. You know, um, well, this Kara, is also what's the this difference is also, between Kara and, and Superman? Nothing. Yeah. Well, there is. I mean, you have to remember too, like with with Barbara uh, in this. I mean, Bruce didn't lose his parents in this, and he's a pretty well-adjusted dude from mm-hmm. by all you know from for the most part. Uh, dalliances aside, uh, Barbara is the one who witnessed her parents gunned down in Crime Alley. And, you know, there's the same, like, bitterness and hard edge that we've seen in Bruce Wayne in Batman comics through the years. 
But as you were saying, funneled or filtered through who Barbara Gordon is naturally, like her own natural talents, uh, approaching the role of bat girl, bat person uh, with the same determination as Bruce Wayne, but quite honestly, like a wider intellect for a lot of the, the more, like you said, technologically, um, or I should say she's more tech savvy, but the, the more technologically related aspects to crime fighting, how she utilizes her network that we've seen for information to keep everything on lockdown. Like that is, that is worst case scenario. It's sort of the same thing that we saw with the dark Knight, the movie where all that tech that Batman uses to locate the Joker in it. Like Lucius Fox is like, if you do this, I'm out like, this is, this is like the beginning of a fascist state and I won't have any part in that. That's the same kind of thing that we see her, but like level 10, yeah, <laughs> you know, she's, like, she's absolutely a fascist. Like, as as far as it goes with the idea of no paranormals and all that, that's that's an enhagement of of liberty and and so many different things. Like you oh, can't yeah. tell someone that they can't live in a place because of something that they are born with, whether it's a a disability or if it's a super ability. So it's like, yeah, yeah she's absolutely in the wrong. Oh, one hundred percent. And the the thing is, I would say there is a little bit of a difference between Supergirl and Superman. Uh, in this just because Supergirl has been lulled into a false sense of trust and security. Oh, okay. So you feel like the gullibility? Yeah. Okay. Um, she was, she was strung along from day one and Superman, he's a little bit more savvy than that. And he certainly recognized Lex Luthor for who he was like the second he met him, the second he saw him. You know, there's there's no mistaking like the POS that that dude was. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just I, I I I thought it was just a really fun one. Uh, I I, just, I wanted to get away from like I said the the what ifs for a, a little bit. Um, there's I, I like Uatu, but there's only so much I can. <laughs> If it, I read it's a story that makes you think, Brandon, right? Like, and, and that's what it did. It, it breeds discussion. It makes us think like, oh, what was this? You know, my, my question for you is, do you ultimately think that you would have wanted to see more of these versions of the characters? Yeah. I mean, I, agree. I, 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 think, I definitely agree. I think that there's, I think that there's more that could have been done with this. Uh, you know, it, it was Elseworlds Finest was done as a one shot, but. The, it's, it wouldn't have been the first Elseworlds to get a sequel or a follow-up or what have you. There, there was um, something similar that happened, I thought, in um, Batman Superman with this. That's a, a, initially what I thought this was because I, I had never read this before. And I'm like, oh, I've seen these designs and this artwork before, but I've never read this story. So I, I was really glad that you picked this one. Yeah, um, I mean, I've I've seen some of the stuff that they've done uh, with like the with Superman Batman way back with like Ed McGinnis and stuff. That's and exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've read a lot of that and yeah, there's definitely similarities. They may have even touched upon this reality. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but they, I mean, even within the confines of that, um, 
I think it was that series combined with like Emperor Joker in the Superman books. You saw like a, a gender swapped universe where, you know, Superman was Superwoman, Wonder Woman was Wonder was Wonder Man, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and and it's that was a direct like a change because it was like, okay, everything's flipped and juxtaposed here. Where it's like this is just like, no, these are two different characters. I love that they took Barbara Gordon because it was such a fresh take. I'm like, that is such a good concept. Yeah. I mean, this, this would have been the closest you could get to saying like, Oh, I wanted to see more of this and I never got it was, well, technically you could, you could say, go to new 52 and read world's finest with power girl and huntress. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Which leads you right into Earth Two. Yeah, that 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 was a great book. Absolutely, really good book. Yeah, I, I think I, honestly, didn't George Perez start out doing the art for that one? Uh, I don't know. I know he started doing it for Superman. Yeah, he was doing he was doing something for that. I know he did Brave and the Bold. But uh, are you it, talking about World's Finest or the Power um, Girl Earth and um and uh, yeah, that, that's what it was. World's Finest, yeah. Power Girl and. And that's that was a cool book, and and this is definitely kind of like a progenitor for that. That's that's probably what they did is just took that idea and said, maybe that's that's what was kind of in the back of my uh, psyche while I was reading this. Yeah, it was uh, it was it's world's finest huntress power girl. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, George Perez, and it was oh Paul Levitz, no shit, who who was probably the editor for this one. So (laughs) who knows. Yeah, well, it says legendary creators Paul Levitz and artist George Perez and Kevin McGuire launch a new series featuring Power Girl and Huntress. So, yeah, the, I um I I kind of grabbed that one on a whim because uh, I was like, um, why do they have like Supergirl and a uh, female Robin standing behind them? What, this, <laughs> what is that? And uh, this was before Earth Two was a thing. Yeah, you know they they hadn't started that series, so. I started reading it, and then when I got through, I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" Like, "World's Finest" was all like prologue to Earth Two. Yep, yep. And I, I think it all- starts out with um, was it a Hawk Woman fighting Solomon Grundy, who's about the scariest version of Solomon Grundy you'll ever see? Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah, Solomon Grundy is horrifying in in the Earth Two reality. Yeah. <laughs> Like and uh, and I'll tell you this. I mean, if you ever read Earth Two and you're somebody who digs on some of the ideas of like Vertigo, and so far as uh, the green and the red, yep. Uh, holy hell, the the gray is what Solomon Grundy is an avatar of in Earth Two, and it is it is harrowing. <laughs> Solomon Grundy is very much the biggest threat that I've ever seen him be in anything in earth too. That's, that's definitely a, a character that we should probably cover on dork Knight. Oh yeah. That, that, yeah. that I'd be fine with that. He's a, he's a, he's like a zombie Hulk. It's great. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so you could, you could make the jump from, from, uh, elseworlds finest Supergirl and, and Batgirl to, you know, world's finest huntress and power girl. Uh, which brings you right to the numerous Earth Two series they did because, I, and I do appreciate that they they did that series in like chapters, 
that it was like Earth 2 and then Earth 2 Society and Earth 2 World's End or whatever, you know, like it was all broken up into to chunks as the series went along. So it was essentially like a new series with each chapter. It was, it was it's good dope. stuff too. And I mean, they kept they kept upping it up with like the uh, level of talent they're putting on it. And they're like, "Hey, it's fresh off of his Justice League, you know, uh, thing." We got Ivan Reyes, I think, doing the artwork, and it's like, yeah. "Yeah, this is like, like, wow, they're putting like top people on this." Yeah, and it's also, I mean, where we got the character Val Zod uh, from Earth Two, which I I thought that was like, it was such a cool way to do it. Like Val Zod in Earth Two. It, in the series Earth Two, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman they they get wasted in a in a war with Apocalypse, and that's the whole thing with with the Earth with Earth Two is is uh, Darkseid showed up and game over for Earth essentially, and in in that series, um, what you call it, Val Zod, as it turns out, was a kid from Krypton who had also been rocketed and arrived to earth well after Clark or his cousin. And as it turns out though, the kid had severe agoraphobia. And so Clark helped like protect not just the world from him, but him from the world because his agoraphobia was just like agoraphobia, however you want to say it was amplified to the nth level because no matter where he was, he could still hear all the people and, and everything he needed to oh, that sucks. Yeah. be able to focus up. And he was hidden away from the world because of it as far away as he could, you know, Clark could manage. And when push came to shove in earth too, and they didn't have Kara or um, Helena there because they were in, you know, the new 52 where they've been sucked through in, in they were, you know, at, in world's finest at that point still. Um, they needed a Superman. They needed a Kryptonian. And so Val Zod, he, he just overcomes, he focuses and he kind of does a whole fake it till you make it thing. And he becomes Superman and like his costume is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it was just a, a really cool development of the character as time went on. You saw him go from this like, very unsure kind of wobbly individual to growing into the role and finally like becoming comfortable with being the leader that people wanted him to be and needed him to be. And it's just, it's a good series overall and just a lot of fun for, you know, like an alternate take on what you think of as regular continuity, especially at that point in time. Yeah. And, he, and uh, he's been prominent in a lot of the crisis books too. So, you know, and, and, like you'll see him, you'll be like, "Oh, that's Val Zod." Like he's pretty easy to, you know, recognize. I mean, you know, he's he's like the one black Superman. So <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's Val Zod, and there's also Calvin Ellis, who is also like President Superman in the reality he's from. He was uh, he was actually styled after Barack Obama. Oh, um, no kidding. Okay. Yep. But uh. But I mean, I like Valzah because like it's straight up like a different character. It's not a variation of Kal El, Clark Kent, or anything. He is a different Kryptonian who takes on the mantle because Superman is no more. You know, that's that's a large part of why Earth Two appealed to me is because there's a lot of legacy tied into the alternate reality as well. People taking up mantles and, and realizing they have the responsibility to do this because there's no one else around to do it anymore. 
Um, but that's that's enough about Earth too. Uh, it just happens that you know two of the central characters are essentially your Batgirl and Supergirl characters. Um, yeah, this was this is a fun one. I, I I mean I hope I hope uh, you know everyone enjoyed listening to us prattle on about it, <laughs> and it it maybe inspires them to read it themselves and, yeah, and give check it a read. out. Yeah, some of the other stuff that we mentioned as well. I'm sure you can check this out on uh, the DC. Uh, what is it? DC Un- Unlimited or Universe something? Infinite? Universe Infinite, right? In yeah. Comicsology, you can find it for sure. Yeah, it's part of the uh, Justice Elseworlds Justice League Volume One. Uh, that you know, it compiled a bunch of different Elseworlds stories. So if you can't find it individually, uh, Elseworlds Justice League Volume One smack dab in there. So. And you get a whole bunch of other Elseworlds in there as well. I couldn't give you the entire table of contents at this point. And if not, I challenge you to go to your LCS and look for it in the back issues to see if you can find it. Because that would be yeah, cool. yeah. If you could find if you could find this in in your local comic book shop and and check out the long boxes they have with back issues, uh, more power to you. Just you know, keep in mind it's a prestige format, uh, so it's not like a a regular paperback issue of a, of a comic you know you're looking at probably 65 pages or so in a in a semi hardback uh decent decent story fun artwork ve- very mired in in the time that it was created but uh overall i i really enjoyed it and i i actually think considering how they spend a lot of time in gotham and then have your brightly colored heroes to juxtapose the the darkness of that city uh, they make great use of light and shadow throughout the entire thing, especially on the figures themselves. There is like a remarkable amount of detail on every individual that they draw yeah. that's a superhero. Like, it's insane. Uh, the the eight packs are even more ridiculous than you, than you think in regular comic books. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean the the flash alone, like in that that whole thing, is just like wow. How does this beefcake even move? Yeah, yeah that that looked like he he looked like he was ripped out of the total justice action. Figure exactly. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Like extreme justice. All right, Flash, calm down. Just, I, mean, I I understand that you're supposed to be the fastest man alive, but can you stop doing so much speed when we're not looking? <laughs> yeah, Thank <right>. you. <laughs> All right, and then on that note, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, we should probably finish this out, uh, Mister Mister Justin. Where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Facebook group Epic Shells to talk about Ninja Turtles. Anybody that uh, wants to come on down, you're welcome to. You know, it's uh, all turtles all the time. You can find me at Geek Life HQ on Facebook or um, on Instagram, Geek Life HQ. And uh, otherwise, I'm usually hanging out in the Splash Pages uh, community sp- Splash Plate page comic club on the dorkening so check me out there as well and check out my show epic tales from the sewers a ninja turtles podcast excellent excellent good work smithers (laughs) and uh everyone my name is brandon powers aka powerful brandon uh aside from here you can check me out uh every wednesday on the dorkening wednesday night podcast at uh 9 p.m eastern standard time live streaming uh youtube facebook all kinds of fun places. Uh, you can also check me out on the dork night that Justin Leo pond and I do uh, every other week uh, on the flip side of this show where we uh, talk about all things Batman and uh, just have a, a grand old time, just 
comics, movies, television shows, you you name it, we'll talk about it. So long as it's Batman related. I can't stress that part <laughs> yeah. enough. Or Batman adjacent. <laughs> or Batman adjacent. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, you can, uh, you know, also uh, come on over to Facebook and check out the Powers Combined group. Uh, we we're just a bunch of dorks that get together to share memes, info, laughs, good times to be had by all. Our number one rule is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Um, yeah. And if, like I said, you want to, you want to check out, uh, any of those podcasts, Epic Tales from the Sewers, the Dork Knight, Comics Paradox, the Dorkening, you can find them wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. And uh, with that being said, we wish you all a great night, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.